Welcome to EduBlether, a podcast discussing the hot issues in Scottish education. In this episode, we discuss parental engagement and we give five top tips from our experience on how to get parents, carers and families engaged in their child's learning. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or Pinterest. You can also read our blog at edublether.wordpress.com. Brilliant. So, welcome to episode 12. This is pretty exciting. It 12 is. episodes in. Yeah, on parental engagement this one. Yeah. Looking forward to it. How have you been since the last time? I've been great. Yeah, very good. Um, I don't know if since the last school I've started at a new school. Um, Had I started? Did we do this before? Anyway, I've been at a new school and loving it. It's good. great. Very um, enjoyable. It's always that enthusiasm and that passion that you get with a new school meeting mm-hmm. loads of new people loads of new children but it's been absolutely fantastic i've also been on my february break which nice. has been so you've been off all this week while yeah. some of us have been working looking after my own well-being <laughs> I, I read a great book this week a children's book called the explorer by Catherine Rondell, I think I'm pronouncing okay, that. Okay, yeah, I think that was the one you posted on Twitter, didn't you? I yeah. did, yeah, mm-hmm. I posted a link to it, and it's just amazing, just really great, good old-fashioned adventure story cool. about four children that get lost in the Amazon rainforest, and it's just nice. amazing, I was hooked. So, and what uh, age is it for? I think it's for sort of upper school, so upper primary school, I'd say a kind of 11, your, your sort of P7 okay. age group. So a good class book then. But it was just so beautifully written like the the turn of phrase was just poetic and the the descriptions of things just really made like there were so many points where I stopped and I was like that's just gorgeous the Mm. way that that she's described it so really really recommend it brilliant so this week I have been working we had an in-service day and every February we have a professional learning conference at my school um, which is basically just an in-service day but we invite outside speakers in um, and invite some other people to join us on that day. So this year it was our third professional learning conference. Um, You can have a look at it if you look at the hashtag KHSPLC19 and you can see all the speakers and more information about that there. Um, But it was really, really good. We had a keynote speaker and was a HMI inspector. Oh, wow. We had people from University of Dundee, GTCS, SCALE, um, the local authority, we had our own teachers engaging all around the theme of promoting the highest quality learning. That sounds like a great day. What, really was your, cool. what was your key part? What was your sort of key memory of it all? I really liked um, the pupil input. So this year we had reporters, so we had pupils who had backstage passes mm. who were allowed to access all parts of the conference. <laughs> and they really summed it up just oh, wow. beautifully in terms of um, the impact that they were saying that a day like that had on the young people. So I was just taking that's aback amazing. by I think that's a great, a great sort of end goal for that as well, mm. to actually, because ultimately you're all there and that being together and having that collegiate mm-hmm. culture is amazing, but actually it's all about the impact on them. Yeah. So having them there firsthand, that's a really good idea. And they like summed that. it up just... It was just superb. What was their platform for summing up? Did they do... Like uh, so a... I just gave them complete freedom, but they decided just to give a kind of... They had a notepad and they were taking notes throughout the day. Yeah. But they just gave a kind of... Like a summary speak, Yeah, a summary of a speech. Yeah. That's great. Um, and they each spoke. So there was five of them and they were just superb. Oh, how fantastic. Just superb. Oh, that sounds so like proud. a great day. Really inspiring. Yeah, it was great. Brilliant. Um, so we're going to do, in the news, slightly 
differently. We are, but before we do in the news, uh, we're going already, to introduce... Already made a mistake, James. <laughs> it's okay, we've changed it a little bit, so this we'll is, let you off this time. This um, is exciting, though, this change. I, for, I can't believe I forgot about this. Yeah, this no. Is, yeah, this so is big news. A this new is news for us. We, okay, <laughs> not in the news, but in the news. Um, so what we're going to do is we want to extend that invite to have a wee bit more chat about stuff that we talk about and widen that out to a wider audience. So what we're going to do is every week on a Tuesday um, between 8 and 9, we're going to host EduBleather, which using the hashtag EduBleather, um, we will have a key theme and we'll have four questions and we will listen to your opinions and then we will pick some of them and then they will feature on our podcast yeah, the next I, time. I just think it's a really nice opportunity because we set up EduBleather, we wanted to have the podcast because we were just really interested in talking about all things education, all things to do with Scottish education, but also education in, in a wider sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of the thing that we feel that we've been missing is that engagement in that dialogue with more practitioners mm-hmm. across the country. So it'll be great to open that up. Hopefully um, people will engage in that mm-hmm. in that Twitter chat. Um, hopefully there will be conflicting opinions. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone listening to this would like to host one of the EduBleather sessions... Um, then just get in touch with us, just DM us or um, email us. I don't even know if yeah. we've got no, an Twitter's email. Twitter's the best way. I think we probably Twitter. do have an email yeah. somewhere. <laughs> just send, us, put, a, send uh, us a message on Twitter. That, yeah, uh, so the theme next week, so probably by the time this is out, hopefully we'll try and get it out before, um, but we're going to start this on the 19th of February, which is Tuesday, and the theme is going to be on teachers' pay and conditions. Then on the 26th, Jude, you're going to be hosting Behaviour is Communication. Mm-hmm. And then on the 5th of March, Pupil Equity. And then on the 12th of March, we're going to be talking about digital technologies, all using the hashtag EduBlender. Yeah, and the format will very much be every 15 minutes throughout that hour from 8 till 9. Every 15 minutes we'll post a new question, a kind of catalyst for discussion uh, and we'll we'll see what people think, what people are engaging with. We'll retweet things. We'll engage ourselves, and hopefully, it'll just be an opportunity to to create a discussion um, around what are kind of really exciting themes. Yeah, I think for the Sounds next four good. weeks. Yeah, great. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. Now we can go on to internet. Thanks. After, <laughs> after that bit of personal news, <laughs> again, another change that we're thinking about making now that we're 12 episodes in, just to keep the body guessing, we are changing in the news a little bit. Um, we were feeling that we wanted to go into the news articles in a bit more depth. So what we're both now going to be doing is bringing a news article to the table and we'll discuss it a little bit. We'll go into it in a bit more depth um, and just see what the other person thinks. So, Chase. Sounds good. So, my in-the-news item is it's actually a theme that we're seeing more and more across um, some local authorities when they're trying to balance their budget. So, it's slightly political, and I don't want to get too political. Yeah. Um, but, you know, education is quite a political topic. But as councils are struggling to balance their books, they're looking at new ways of trying to do that. And mm. one of the ways that actually... Uh, local authority are trying to do that is by reducing the number of hours 
a child would attend school. Nice. So at the moment, we're talking about 27.5 hours, that everyone has that entitlement, if we use that word. I don't know if yeah. that's probably quite there. I don't know where it sits legally, but 27.5 yeah. hours um, a week. Um, and this local authority is proposing to reduce it to 25 hours. So two and a half hours cut off on a weekly basis starting in 2020. So we're thinking that's cutting Macron time, basically, isn't it? So, yeah, I guess the idea the is they're saving Macron money to, yeah. by reducing the 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 number of teachers you will need to cover a class because the Macron time is 22 and a half hours. So the balance is five hours. You're actually reducing that down to two and a half. So you're saving two and a half hours of teacher time. My immediate thought about that, Uh um, I just think that's horrible. Cataclysmic, I think. As soon as we start saying one of the ways that we can save money on education is to give less education. Yeah, I think it's, it's also never good to start off with an idea on the grounds of saving money. Saving money, yeah. We've spoken about that before. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I also get that I don't just want to be a denier of the fact that there is there's there are issues surrounding money, obviously, austerity measures and everything, but also I, 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 I just believe that if, unless you're investing in education, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, I, I hope that doesn't come. Well, I hope, I hope so too. I hope that we don't get to that point. But then... It does beg the question as, okay, why 27 and a half hours? Yeah. You know, why is it not 30 hours a week? Mm-hmm. Why is it not 10 hours a week? You know, what, who has... It'd be interesting to track that through time, obviously. To you know, see what is what the impact? Because the, there's, there's so many facets to that, isn't there? In mm-hmm. terms of concentration span, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, teacher welfare as well. Yeah. You know, in terms of but you look again week. At, you look at different systems around the world that start yeah. at different times. Because Korea have shorter. a really long working day, I think, uh-huh. at school day. Like, a lot of these really sort of high-performing schools in the PISA skills, for instance, yeah. quite often they point to that and say, well, there's a 50-hour 50, 50 week yeah. for children, which obviously... Or no holidays. Yeah. You know, all these questions are brought to the fore. So that'll be a really interesting one because I would imagine... It also brings up questions around equity. So if you have one area of Scotland that has, is delivering 25 hours, yep. let's say that goes through, and you have an area next door that's 27 and a half hours, where's the equity there? Mm. Are you going to start to see everyone reducing to 25? Mm. And then is it just a race to the bottom? That's a really, really interesting, really interesting uh, news article. Thanks for bringing mm. that to the table. Um, my news story that I wanted to chat about, and again, if we're trying to stay away from political hot potatoes, <laughs> we're not doing very well today. Uh, but I suppose the news that this week, um, primary head teachers and deputies from the Association of Head Teachers and Deputies in Scotland, AHDS Union, have um, overwhelmingly accepted the the pay offer, the most recent pay offer okay. that's coming from from Cosla. Uh, which which is interesting, and it was interesting to me, and the reason I bring it here in terms of a kind of point for discussion, I feel that it really will drive a wedge between if if the EIS who are who are campaigning and and saying to members to reject the pay offer, mm-hmm. the most recent pay offer that's come in, if head teachers that was quite have a narrow accepted vote, wasn't it. it? Um, it was quite narrow, yeah, but yeah. It, yeah. So in terms of the EIS, the recommendation was, yeah. was to be recommended to reject. It was narrow, but it was a majority that yeah, said sure. to reject. 
if it comes to strike action, mm-hmm. it's going to be a very um, divisive, which obviously it always is going to be a divisive. So you're thinking one union is going to be saying, yes, we want to accept, and one potentially, no, we don't. Yes, and I think, and well, and, and that's it. So the, the, the Association of Head Teachers and Deputies have, have overwhelmingly voted to accept 90% of the of the head teachers and deputies that are part of that union voted to accept the most recent pay um, offer. Don't know what's going to happen with AIS, uh, but obviously members are being encouraged to So is there a vote reject. just now? There's that... a vote just now happening with, okay. with, with AIS, and I think that closes towards the end of February. Okay. Um, but it just seems like it's a, it's a very... Um, uncertain time in terms of what's mm. going to be happening next because obviously if the EIS union do decide to reject that, if members do decide to reject that, then the next stage will be strike action which is which is difficult when you've yeah. got and in terms of creating a kind of a collaborative culture there how what is going to create more of a them and us culture when people are saying management are saying we accept this teachers are saying we don't. It's it's a really it it, it strikes me as it, it could be quite a toxic situation mm. that that comes up here, um, and so I yeah. think that won't come as a surprise. I no, think of course. Anyone you speak to who was around the time of the last um, pay dispute in the eighties would suggest that that was quite a divisive time. And yeah, yeah, not not a good time at the moment. But no. we'll wait and see how that one wait pans out. Jury's still out, but it's interesting. And it kind of links to the, the article I shared. So if we're paying teachers more, where does the money come yeah. from? So are we going to reduce other things? But yes, we'll wait and see how that one comes. So that was your news. For okay. <laughs> it's a hard-hitting episode, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. So some light relief. Then. Yes. So our main feature, <laughs> on to our main feature, is parental engagement. So in this section, we're going to give you some top tips. Yeah. So what's top tip number one? Um, it was funny thinking about parental engagement. It's, it's clearly a, a really important part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just um, one of the, the kind of many stakeholders involved mm-hmm. in a child's learning, a young person's learning. And I, I would argue that the most important stakeholder in that, obviously, is the child, but then going from that has to be parents, carers, whoever's at home looking after that child because we see the child for seven hours a day, just over 30 weeks a year, do you know? There's so much more going on around that that if we've not got that buy-in with that key partner at home, then we're doing everybody a disservice, I think. So I think for me, when we were thinking about this, it was like, how do we encourage more of that? How mm-hmm. do we, how, and I suppose what we've done and we've reflected on some of the things that worked really well for us. Um, and yeah, we're just going to give those tips, I suppose. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was social media. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I've found um, since sort of having a, a, a remit, a specific remit for looking after parental engagement, engaging with sort of carers, parents, families, um, is how do we share the successes from the school? And I think we've been able to do that really well with the use of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter just happened to be in the setting that I was in, what more parents were engaged with. Um, I think the thing really well. about it is it's really instant, isn't yeah. it? I think we used to have a system, and some schools still have this, 
where we would produce newsletters and then send them out, but it's not very dynamic. So, no. And that probably was quite periodic, maybe once a month or once a term, whereas now actually we're seeing things happen like more infrequent and yeah. more just, the, you know, spontaneous. The, the, spontaneous. the immediacy yeah. of social media mm-hmm. for shouting about the things that are really great that are happening within your school, these sort of key successes, the sort of things that might go missed but mean so much to mm-hmm. a parent for them to be able to, <coughs> pardon me, for them to be able to understand exactly what the kind of day is like for a child. Now, I'm thinking it's great for younger children, obviously, as a primary school teacher. That's that's where I see it as a huge benefit in terms of that question and all parents across the land will know, what did you do at school today? Oh, nothing. Do you know that sort of not being able to remember or talk about or not even sure what that question means, children. But actually, if parents can say, oh, I saw that you were working with, um, the sandpit today for instance or I saw that you had an author in visiting today let's talk about mm-hmm. that it just creates that moment of immediacy and that connection between school and home that can again further that dialogue with the learner and really enhance the learning process I think social media yeah, can really help with that um, one tip I suppose with that would be the four letters that give me nightmares <laughs> GDPR, like be very careful with that in terms of sharing photos and things. Make sure that you've got your permissions. Make sure that yeah. you have a procedure and policy in place. Everybody will obviously be thinking yeah. about that, but it's just don't just go in tomorrow and just start taking pictures and just no. uploading them. Be very you've got to be of careful that. about these things. Yeah, but you can do a lot without showing children's faces and without names, yeah. names and things like that. Definitely. So, um, social media is my first top tip. Oh, What's your next tip? Good one. I think um, being visible. And being really accessible to parents. So, you know, parents' evening, being around, chatting to parents. um, Also making sure that you are regularly given opportunities for parents to come into school. Mm -hmm. Um, So can they do a drop-in session? Can they pick up the phone, arrange a meeting? You know, how how easy is it for parents to, to come in? Because I think for some parents have in their head of what it was like when they were at school and yeah I know that things have moved so far drastically since then yeah but I think we need to be mindful that some parents are still quite anxious about school and I suppose I would ask that question what what are you doing and I suppose I'm speaking to our listeners what are you doing within your school setting to make sure that that those barriers are being broken Mm -hmm. what are you doing to be visible, to be there accessible and, mm-hmm. and visible all the time. What, but what are you systematically planning for? Mm-hmm. Because for some people that will be natural. Like I, I, that's the part of my job. I love that sort of just wandering around, chatting to parents, yeah. having that discussion on the school gates in the morning, being there at the start of the day, being there at the end of the day, walking around at busy times when there's parents in any way and just touching in. But I know that's really difficult for, for some people as well. And I yeah. get that, especially for for teachers because they've not got the time they're setting up for classes and stuff so what systems what kind of one of one of the ways um that one of our cluster primary schools operates is once a month or once a term they have a kind of parental catch-up so the head teacher advertises and promotes a morning and any parent of that uh school can pop into the school have a coffee and a catch up, mm. 
in the library, speak to the head teacher. Sometimes there's a, an invited guest that comes along as well. Okay. And they come along and just have an informal chat. But it's also a really good opportunity just to keep those networks going. And, yeah. and I think it probably is the same parents that come along every time. Mm-hmm. But that only enhances your parental engagement. Yeah, and I think you've got that sort of systematic approach of having something that's there for the first couple, it's going to be maybe awkward and a bit stunted, you know, mm-hmm. because it's what is the dynamic here? Mm-hmm. Am I coming here to listen? Am I coming? But if you are constantly doing little things like that mm-hmm. to drip feed through that, I'm accessible. I'm mm-hmm. here for you to talk to me. Yes. The school is a place that is your place as well as mine and your child's. It's something that I think if we if if we don't do, mm-hmm. then we're missing what I think is a really easy opportunity to, to, to get parents in. And also, I think, though, if you, you made a good point there that it's always the same parents that come back, and that's a really interesting point, because if it is, then actually you need to do something else. Yeah, because you want to reach a wider audience, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, I, th- okay, I think, yeah, being visible is a, is a really important one. It's an one. important one, definitely. definitely. Okay, what about top tip number three, Jude? Top tip number three for me, I think, is um, it's about communication with parents again, but it's about being positive. Mm-hmm. We have, I think, as a, as a profession, um, we're, we're quite good at getting in touch with parents and carers when things are going wrong. Yes. Okay. There's a... There's a not even I'm not talking poor behaviour even though that is quite often a yeah, the ca- yeah. I'm phoning home now listen this happened with your child today yeah. let's discuss it but also like we're quite good at picking up when there's sort of barriers to learning for instance and we can talk about that but it's yeah. always it's quite a, a negative reactive. reactive way of looking yes. at things I think we're, we're, we're good at that because actually we have to we have do to. that yeah mm-hmm. and that. but what I would say is about being positive. That's a, that, that tip there about always focusing on or, or actively pushing yourself to be more positive. Mm-hmm. So th- again, I'm talking systems and I'm a big believer in making things part of your practice. So like setting a system in so that you're saying, right, well, Thursday afternoon is the time that I make four positive phone calls home. Mm-hmm. And it's a really easy phone call and it's mm-hmm. that, and the, the, the feeling you get when you make one of those phone oh, yeah, calls is amazing. Yeah, definitely. And it's such a surprise for them just to say, oh, uh, I'm phoning home because your child has consistently mm-hmm. been overly polite or your child uh, went out of their way to help someone that had hurt themselves today. Yeah. How amazing is that? And it takes two minutes. Yeah, but actually makes a huge difference. Huge difference. And imagine, and I know what people will be thinking, and they'll be thinking, does that actually have an impact? What does that sets a culture I think it's a cultural change and if you show that mm-hmm. that is what you're wanting to to promote that you're modeling you're modeling yeah, yeah like that that child looks at you totally different and they you're they're kind of buying into that emotional mm-hmm. um bank I just think I think that that positive message it, it seems like a kind of flimsy one <laughs> to throw away but it's a really important it's one to be thinking one, how positive are you with your engagements with parents mm-hmm. Okay, I like that one. Yeah. Okay, my top tip number four is don't assume that parents don't want to get involved. So, Mm. you know, you'll have heard this. I've certainly heard this in the past, not in my current school, but in a previous school that I've worked in, um, where staff will just assume that parents, because of the area we're serving, Mm. parents are not interested. Yeah. And actually, you can't make 
those massive assumptions no. um, and stereotypes because that's not the case. No. So I would ask people to challenge those assumptions and make sure that you try every time. Yeah. And I think the assumption one is a really important one as well because I think not just don't assume that they're not wanting to get involved, but just don't make assumptions in general because yeah. I think quite often... For instance, I know that we were doing a thing where we were trying to increase parental engagement with learning and teaching, mm-hmm. um, and we were sending home jotters once, or, or maybe I think it was two or three times a term, and they were parents were expected to sort of make a comment on that back and mm-hmm. send it back to us. And we were finding a lot of the comments were quite superficial, like okay. nice work, or well done, or yeah. very proud. And part of that, the kind of purpose of that was to let parents see the work that was taking place and that was it. We didn't need that comment back, but we made a slight tweak to it because what we were assuming was that parents knew how to have that deep, meaningful conversation with their child about their learning. Yeah. But unless you're, it's quite a skilled process, you know, Definitely. unless you're sort of taught how to lead that discussion and unless you're, you're kind of shown what that looks like, I, I don't. I was making the assumption that parents knew that, but actually they didn't. So what we did was we printed like a lot of these sort of higher order thinking questions mm-hmm. that they could have with their child. Mm-hmm. So things about like, how do these skills relate to what you could potentially do for work or what was the most challenging thing about what you were doing? Mm-hmm. And actually parents loved it. The feedback that we got back from parents was that that was brilliant having that discussion and the discussion that they then had with their child as a result of us giving them the questions. Exactly. Yeah. So we had made the assumption that they knew what to do, but actually they were just needing a bit of help. Okay. And that was a really important lesson for me to think, actually, sometimes it's okay to be explicit and actually just ask the parents. Don't assume that they know. Don't yeah. assume that they know what That's you're talking about. One. Speak yeah. to them. Just mm-hmm. chat to them and say, listen, I don't know what you're thinking here. Can you can you talk to me, please? Um yeah, I think that's that's a big one about assumptions. And I, I suppose our last one to tie things off, and this is a, this is a a really big one, I think, in terms of it's it's about being relentless. Mm-hmm. So this is a never really, giving up. Yeah, never giving up because, and this I suppose fits into everything mm-hmm. that we're saying here is that we have a duty to the children and families. Mm-hmm. They don't have a duty to us. No, so we they, have to engage. They've got parental kind of rights, obviously, and parental duties, mm-hmm. but nowhere does it say that parents have to engage with school. Mm-hmm. So it's it's our job, because we know through research, through anecdotal evidence, we know that it works. Mm-hmm. If parents are involved in their child's learning, that leads to increased attainment for that child, increased attainment and achievement. All the research points to that. So we have the duty to make sure that happens and it's on us and that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. It's really tricky. There's no one way that will work. Our top tips here might help, but they might not work in your yeah. setting. And that's it. It's got to be specific to your so setting, you isn't it? you have to be like unwavering. Mm-hmm. Even if you get a knock back or if something doesn't quite work, you try something else. You run your coffee afternoon next week because you're inspired by one of your cluster mm-hmm. schools. Nobody turns up. Fine. <laughs> you have to try something else. Or you keep trying it. Keep, you know, or keep trying it. it's not working the first time, what is it not working? Yeah. Is it the time of the day? Is it the fact that you've not advertised it? You know, what is it? So you have to Why be Why are parents this. not wanting to come in? And I think the other thing with that is, and this is, I'm speaking as a parent here, mm-hmm. the most important thing in my life is my children. Mm-hmm. And I will be like, 
I I'm, I will be an annoying parent if I think something's not going well yeah. for my child because for me that is I only need to think about my child mm-hmm. now I've also been on the other side of that yeah and it, I know it's annoying and I know it's frustrating when parents are you think why are they thinking that I'm only thinking about your child but that's because they are and that's mm-hmm. their duty and I mm-hmm. think not to lose sight of that and you have to be rel- relentless there to be able to say actually I need to keep going with this parent because they are doing their job well here <laughs> rather than shying away from it. So I think just be mindful of that and allow that to happen. So there you are. That's our top five tips for parental engagement. Just to recap, that was use of social media, being visible, positivity, don't make assumptions and relentlessness. Yeah. On to our last feature. Mm-hmm. We're going to now do our We Recommend feature. <clears throat> Chase is going to recommend something for us I this am. week. Yes, and this is partly inspired by the conference that I had at my school. Um, one of the recommendations from the University of Dundee, and it was around learning and teaching and differentiation, was using a guide that has come out from the Salveson Mind Room Centre called It Takes All Kinds of Minds. A guide to understanding learning difficulties. Um, and this guide is available free from the Salveson Mind Room Centre website, and we'll put a link on Twitter later on. Um, and it takes you through different additional support needs and gives you some ideas in terms of what support would be useful in general, mm. at home, at school, at work, and in the hospital. Because obviously this guide is designed primarily um, for parents, so they may be using it in different settings. Yeah. But it's actually really, really useful. It looks really sort of digestible. It's just a nice A5, really quick yeah. reference guide. It's only like 20 odd pages, yeah. and it's really bullet points, just really accessible. And um, I'm not going to... I have a copy of this. Yes. And I've not gone through it. And it's one of the, <laughs> So did, did you say, sorry, that it came out with the GTCS I think it magazine. came out with the, the Teaching Scotland yeah. GTCS magazine some time ago. So you um, might have a copy of this at home. Yeah, or at I'm school saying. somewhere. People might, there might be a copy mm-hmm. of it. Um, look out for it, because since having a look at it now, there are so many practical tips in here that it's a great thing to have, even if you're sort of, if you're in a child planning meeting or a young person's yeah. planning meeting, do you know, if you're looking at these things to give support, what is, what's in your arsenal of support, yeah. it's a great place to go to. So So that's my guide that I would recommend, that you could even contact the Salveson Mind Room Centre to get some copies for your school. Um, so that parents could have access to it as well would be another option. Excellent. So that's us at the end of the show. Just before we do close things up and say thank you very much, uh, just another reminder about hashtag EduBleather. So it's going to be taking place Tuesday evening. This Tuesday evening is going to be our first one hosted by the lovely Jace. Mm-hmm. Got a face for Twitter. <laughs> He's going to be um, chatting to you, talking about... Um, all things to do with teachers' paying conditions. Yeah, and we've got some interesting questions, but we'll post them on Twitter uh, later on so that you can get engaged and start kind of thinking about it. And if you've not got experience of Twitter chats, basically, you could search for us uh, at EduBleather on Twitter. That's a great way to find the questions that we'll be posting. Or you can search for the hashtag, hashtag EduBleather, from Tuesday, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock hopefully we'll see you there yeah excellent so thanks so much for your support please rate us on your chosen 
podcasting app and remember you can also follow us on Twitter at EduBleather and check out our website which has lots more content, edubleather.wordpress.com.